Hello goblins and ghouls, and welcome to another installment of My Haunted Life Podcast with me, your host, Angela Hartshorn. Welcome to fall. Are your leaves starting to change? Are your nights getting colder finally? I have a few yellow leaves on the trees around my house and by my shop, and I absolutely love it. But... I'm in Colorado, and they're already calling for snow next week. So we'll see how far our leaves actually change. I'm going to warn you now about the rest of the podcast. Trigger warning. For the next couple weeks, I am doing something a little bit different. September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. I know... I personally have lots of family and friends that are having a very hard time right now. And if you're feeling hopeless and lost, please reach out for help. You are not alone, and you are loved. I honestly started therapy today. On the podcast for the next three weeks, I will be having my very amazing, wonderful friend, Raindrops, Queen of the Vampire Court of Dallas. The Vampire Court of Dallas works with so many different charities, and they do a lot of suicide prevention awareness. They have this glorious photo series of the different members of the court writing openly and honestly about a time when they decided to continue their lives. I'll be sharing a lot of them on the Facebook group. We are also sharing, the next few weeks, our favorite vampire stories to go along with the beginning of spooky season. That being said, they get fairly dark. So, let's get into it, shall we? Grab yourself a cup of tea. Make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by. I have a story to tell you. When I say vampire, what do you imagine? A dapperly dressed man with a funny accent. A ghoul lurking in the shadows. A sexy ancient goddess of death. There are so many depictions of vampires in popular culture, but we all have the same basic idea. An immortal, blood-sucking creature that cannot do sunlight and sometimes can morph it into a bat or a wolf. Almost every culture in the world has some form of vampiric monster. Sometimes they are beautiful, other times they are horrifying. But one thing that always reigns true is the idea of taking life force usually blood. Most of the time, these creatures are thought to only be in old ghost stories and Victorian novels, but there is a very vibrant and active, lively I dare say, vampire lifestyle subculture. And yes, some of them do drink blood. But where do they get the blood, you might ask? They aren't pulling people into alleyways or attacking them on the streets like you might be thinking since you've seen it in movies. 
Now, there are a lot of people out there that consider themselves vampire donors, literally donating their blood to vampires to feed off of. There are numerous websites dedicated to helping a vampire find the right donor. Kind of like dating sites. Safety is a big concern, so there is a lot of information required like blood types and testing documents. But why even drink blood? Is there really a need? For those that identify as blood-drinking vampires, there is. Many report that they suffer from asthma, migraine headaches, depression, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and other endocrine system-related disorders. And there's something about the blood that just helps. I would be remiss if I didn't also mention vampire courts or houses. These organized groups of vampires are in nearly every major city around the world, and you can find them if you know where to look. Honestly, most of the time, you can find them on Facebook. A lot of these groups hold wonderful, amazing balls, like the yearly Denver Vampire Ball, with a new theme every year like Valhalla or Versailles, or the Dallas Vampire Court, whose proceeds go completely to charity. This is the court that my friend Rain is a part of. Rain Drops is a vampire from Dallas, Texas. She has been in the vampire community for the past 10 years. She is a performer with Deadly Sins Burlesque and SciShow, where she does magic, burlesque, and SciShow routines. Rain is also one of the founders of the Vampire Court of Dallas who is a 501c3 charity organization. 100% of the proceeds they make at an event goes directly to the cause they are sponsoring for that event. They have done events for LGBTQA, homeless, human trafficking, suicide awareness, toy drives, and more. You can keep up with their events by following their page. And after a short break, I'll be back with Rain, and she's going to tell us all about her life as a vampire. Okay, we are recording again. So, welcome everybody back to the podcast. I am very excited to be joined by my dear friend, Miss Rain of the Dallas Vampire Court. And you are queen of the court. What does that mean to be a vampire queen? Well, I like to think more as a leader because what I do for my community is I like... We have about 70 members of the Vampire Court of Dallas, and we promote our members to give back to the community. So there's not really a niche for spooky kids to be able to help provide money or resources, because a lot of charities are usually um, church-based or religion-based. 
Uh, we create an environment that's safe for anyone and everyone that just wants to come in and give back in some form or fashion, whether that's time, money, donations. And so not only do I provide this environment, but we help our members like have a family. There's a lot of the people that are in our court may have been judged for not really having any friends for being that weirdo kid for struggling along the way or not really knowing what was happening to them. So we not only have like this big outward focus to really support Dallas surrounding area, but really fostering growth of our own members. And so that's really what I consider being a leader of my court. They call me queen. <laughs> um, it's actually what the title um, I think is on paperwork, but you know, I feel like that's a title earned and whatever I can do at the end of the day to always be there for my court members is what means the most for me because I'm just a phone call away. Hmm. I You are like so uh, invested in your court. It's amazing how much stuff you guys do. Um, you guys are working with, is it just one charity at the moment where you guys are doing really cool photos? Oh, um, I don't want to so give it away. Yeah, so we do actually have multiple charities. Okay. So essentially once a quarter, we like to do like a big push. And so what happens is we're very democratic. So what happens is every quarter we'll talk, hey, we want to do something that's aimed towards veterans. We want to do something towards homeless LGBTQA, or we want to do like suicide awareness is coming up in September. So there's a whole week of um, ensuring that mental health is really important and bringing awareness that people do struggle. And are we doing that right now on our Facebook page? Because right now with coronavirus, Black Lives Matter movement, everyone is really in a fickle with the emotional health. Definitely. So September is truly when we're going to be doing this push again. Uh, we're doing it now because we want to promote everyone to continue their story. We have um, what we call the semi semi fame, um, a knockoff kind of a spinoff of the semicolon, which is you keep writing your story. But because we're vampires, the semi fame. Um, so if you go to our Facebook page, you'll be able to see a lot of photos and members being very vulnerable, talking about their bouts of battling suicide, and how they continued their story, and how. They continue to push forward no matter what. And we have some really exciting photos coming up in September for the next Suicide Awareness Week. So these are what we've been doing this for about two or three years now. So these are just recycled photos over the past couple of years of our members. And they're really cool photos. And I really encourage everyone to get on and check this out. Uh, They're very powerful. And I'm like, I'm going to get all weepy reading the stories. But you definitely should get on. Everybody is very very vulnerable and very honest and that's the thing I think I like is everybody is so open with their story and it's like I don't even know who you are but I feel like I know you a little bit now kind of thing and it definitely makes me want to come to court functions because I feel like there's relatable people because I know I've met a few court members but still no no we're a group of people and I I'm so thankful for each and every one of my members. And anytime something happens, they've always got each other's back. So no, I love just that. Just cool to see. No, I, I I love what you guys are doing. That's that's one of the reasons why I wanted you on the podcast was to talk about this because especially during Corona right now, oh my god, I think it's so important to put that out there because nobody's talking about it. Like everybody talked about it to begin with, and then it kind of disappeared. So, uh, yeah. Nope. Rona, Black Lives Matter are still very, very real. Yes. 
Definitely. It, it needs more coverage for sure. So, um, also, I just want to throw this out there because I adore him. You're not only the queen of the vampire court, you're marrying the king of the vampire <laughs> court. Yeah, he's all right. He's okay. <laughs> no, we had this crazy idea five years ago that we wanted to create a niche in Dallas. And those that don't know a lot of Dallas history is there used to be a vampire court, like a vampire community years and years ago. And it was not good. It was more gang related. So hmm. vampires actually got a really bad name because these people would take people in the alleyways, beat them up. And it was not, it was oh. not good at all. So, Whenever we decided to create a charity-based one, it was really hard to take our feet off the ground because a lot of people are like, oh, no, not a, not another vampire group. No, we've had those spells of Bebellum. It was, we know what you guys are up to. We're like, no, we're actually good people. We really want to give back. Oh, we wow. Kind of like, so it took a while to kind of get our focus, and now I think we've been able to create a positive beacon of light um, of what, these weirdo kids, what we like to be called, sometimes can do for the community. Uh, I think that one of my questions to you, what does vampire or vampirism mean? Yeah. So, to me, it's a lifestyle. Okay. Uh, it can be really taken different ways. Like, some people may not necessarily have the symptoms of being a vampire, but partake in the culture and that makes them have some form of identity i know in the vampire community uh that's kind of seen more as role-playing and if that gives someone a character a voice and makes them happier with their life then so be it you know as long as they're not causing any harm to those around them Mm -hmm. but it gives them an identity um you have those that actually do suffer from a vampire like disorder and what that means is we're just a little bit more supernatural for like a better than most people since this is a ghostly podcast and you have different ranges of vampires you have your side vampires who are need energy like it's an energy balance that's like the psychic vampire right okay wait sorry say it again that's like psychic vampire psychic vampires so they're the ones that really kind of work on a relationship and really deal with like aura energy transfers and that's really how they get their need and if they don't have that they feel drained they feel tired um i kind of relate a little bit more to sign that i get that out of my burlesque shows so that's why i'm a big avid performer because i feel like i whenever i'm on stage i that's kind of like an energy pool now you want to make sure it's always consensual um mm-hmm. you don't want to come in and pull out the whole audience you know you want to make sure it's an equal flow, equal transition. And there's a lot of resources out there for those that may seek help and try to discover how that works and grounding. Uh, you have your traditional vampires um, that are blood drinkers and they need blood to survive. And they'll get he- like headaches. And even I, myself, I it's not like a whole Dracula perspective where you're stuck <laughs> your prey. Um, That's all I'm going to picture now. <laughs> Jack the Rippering it, you know. Um, it You'll see a lot of, like, you see a lot of vampire movies portray, like, grabbing the artery and just everyone. But actually, a lot of vampires just need just a tiny bit to keep going. Okay. Um, there are some that like to drink a cup. And I know vampires that they don't like human blood. They'll get, like, 
warmed up pig's blood, and that's how they get their kind of energy transfer. Well, some have a donor, and always participate in donors because you are messing with blood, guys, and coming from a medical background. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes you can get stuff from people, so you want to make sure whoever you're sharing that special moment with, you know, is tested, is healthy, to make sure it is a safe and transformable environment. And so um, I drink blood, but it's not very often. It's not something I need all the time, but I can, you'll get that feeling of being ill whenever mm-hmm. you feel like that. It's, I like to describe it as like the lady time of the month for us women, lady girls. <laughs> you can be bad feelings sometimes. You're like, oh, I just feel drained. So you know like that's kind of the moment where you may need that little spark in your life and it a little bit goes a long way for me, but again, everyone's a little bit different in their practice. Hmm. No, that's fascinating, and I love it. Um, yeah. A lot of vampires don't even admit to it anymore. No, no, no. And I know that was a big thing in, like, the 80s and 90s with, like, the AIDS epidemic was do not drink blood. Vampires do not drink blood anymore. Mm-hmm. It's almost to the point where... <laughs> Like, can I see your papers? Right? <laughs> you have papers. Because you you know, and if you are getting drinking tainted blood, you are just, it's, I guess the best scene is, like, whenever you see a vampire, like, I, I think it's in, like, um, oh, what's the movie? Underworld. Where, uh. like, it's the lichen, and, like, they're, like, ah, and, like, start surely, I mean, it's not, like, that dramatic, but you just know, it's, like, good for you. you shouldn't do it yeah exactly no i think that makes sense and i know there's a ton of resources out there for people who are interested in the blood drinking side um and i know there's like almost dating sites to find donors which i think is really actually cool personally um and yeah i feel like it's like you said it's you have to be very careful with who you're with it's like the ultimate intimacy almost but uh it's a very yeah. so yeah you got to come with that documentation though <laughs> any documents yes i love that oh my god and then you also do you mentioned it real quick um uh uh um burlesque and you're a fabulous burlesque dancer you also do like really kind of the classic carnival kind of stuff as well. I don't know if you want to... I know you do it, obviously, more locally. Dallas, for anybody around. Yeah, I've quite a bit for vampire. And especially right now with coronavirus, it's made it a lot... It's strangely been easy to record videos and be able to do, like, broader performances for, like, New York, New Orleans. Um, you know, it's something I've not really done. I don't, like... I haven't really traveled that much uh, just because I do work in the medical industry. Um, so unfortunately it's really difficult for me to be able to take a lot of time off to travel for performance. Something I would still love to do one day, but who knows? Uh, but I work with a local troupe called Deadly Sense Burlesque and Sideshow here in DFW and do Burlesque and Sideshow with my, my team. And then I also have, um, an individual sideshow group with my best friend, Janie Slash. So we perform together in kind of a circus, vaudeville, cell type of group called Sideshow Rats. It's just me and her doing kind of goofy, old-timey sideshow acts, um, while also adding a little bit of a fun spin to things. So 
one of your acts and I absolutely loved it uh virtually I cheated um definitely I'm going to get all the links to everything when I go to post this so everybody will be able to check you out more and I'm very excited um so yeah we're going to get all that info out there I'm going to have to like re-listen to all this to make sure I get all of the links because I feel like there's a lot of information I want from you just saying (laughs) all of it give me all of it i want all the documentation so um one thing i did fun this time i put it on my uh my haunted life podcast group was did anybody have any questions for a vampire queen and then you shared it as well so we're gonna go through the questions real quick um, one that you got was, in your opinion, what's the most realistic vampire movie? There's like five million vampire movies out there. So, if I'm comparing it to my life and the shenanigans that I get into, what we do in the shadows is probably the closest representation to my life and my friends. Not inaccurate. Right now, we're all living in a virtual flat, and we're just getting into some weird <laughs> shit. And uh, um, and Candy still won't do dishes. I don't know. I'm just throwing someone random out there that will probably mm-hmm. listen to the podcast. But anywho, we'll make her listen to it. <laughs> realistically, um, I think one of the most beautiful, beautiful movies that really kind of captures not so much the glory, the the beauty behind being a vampire, but I think all, only lovers left alive um, is a really beautiful representation of vampirism because some of those, like I'm lucky enough that I can go up and hike or go biking for an hour or so before I start to get sunsick. But there's some other vampires that are not so lucky, like can barely be out in the sun and start yeah. getting nausea. Um. And it's a really true disease. There is a disease called um, porphyria, porphyria. Yes. And it is actually a true um, physician diagnosed disease. Um, it's also known as the vampire disease, where mm-hmm. you really can't be in the sunlight, you're, and it makes you very ill. Um, so for, for only lovers left alive, what I think is really great is it shows that capture of those that are in the most extreme situations that are really live a little bit more of the hardcore life because they have to um because their bodies just won't allow them to be more open be out in the sun and i think some of the pretty things is whenever they're traveling by plane they can only do night flights oh and it shows going out um to go party in the town but after dark everything's closed so you just see them driving around town and everything's shut down and every now and then they get to go to like a late night concert it's dark because um, sometimes that's things you don't think about. You think, oh, it's great to be a vampire, live forever, and have be able to, oh, I just have to stay up all night and sleep all day. But in theory, unless you live in New Orleans, there's really no place that's going to be open all night for you to be able to enjoy things. Um, so I think it's a really cool representation of, like, that need and that feel and sometimes how it feels to be in the most extreme. Also, Tom Hiddleston 
is in it and just gorgeous individual. I still haven't seen it. I know you've told me several times to watch it and I'm going to, I promise I'm going to. Um, I think it's a really, I think, beautifully captured film. I mean, it's Hiddles and Tilda Swindon. Thank you. So, I mean, you can't go wrong, let's be honest. Gorgeous, gorgeous individuals. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like she has the bone structure for days for that. Oh, yeah. So, going off the movie kind of theme, what is the best depiction of vampires? I I feel like you kind of covered that. Um, I was going to ask, what is your favorite? Because I know, I think I know the answer, but I'm not sure. My favorite film? Yeah, your favorite vampire film. Oh. I actually have quite a few. Oh, okay. I'm curious, what do you think it was? Lost Boys. It is Lost Boys. (laughs) 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 No, I do do very much love the Lost Boys. I have Kiefer Sutherland tattooed on my leg. Um, And I have... This is, like, my horror movie-themed room, which you can't really see anything, but there's a lot of, like, Lost Boys memorabilia in here. Love it. Uh, Lost Boys was actually one of the very first vampire films I, I watched, actually, besides, oh. like, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. And I, I still remember, um, we had just got satellite TV, and I was so excited, and I was walking through the channels, and I can't remember which show it was, but I saw the Lost Boys. I'm like, yes. And so, <laughs> turned it on, and... Loved it, and it's been one of my favorite films ever since. But I think Kate Beckinsale is like a hard second. I love yes. Underworld. I told mm-hmm. you, but you get the first movies. It's getting a little crazy near the end. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, you know, I love Deacon. So we gotta talk about what we do in the shadows. Is my third probably favorite vampire film. It's so well done, and the whole series is ridiculously funny. And <laughs> it's so great. I just. I'm a very, I have a very dry sense of humor, and I'm a very goofy person, so I really appreciate everything that happens there. <laughs> no, it, when, when you mentioned that earlier, that uh, what we do in the shadows definitely reminds you of some of the people we know. It really does. I don't know what we do in the shadows adventure, for sure. Oh, yeah, no, it's... Just like, orgy episode, I'm like, that's probably what would happen if we threw an orgy. Right? Exactly. No, it, that episode, me and Jordan almost heard ourselves laughing because it's like, oh, God. Um, so going the total flip side of that, what is the worst vampire in movie history? Can I cuss? Yeah, fuck it. Go for it. Fuck Twilight. <laughs> and your sparkle-ass bitches. <laughs> Twilight so much. I don't know why. I just I, I see it and I just become angry. Like I'm just like, Ugh. like I'm, I turned on Amazon Prime last night and I saw that they uploaded every Twilight movie and I was like, fuck you, Amazon Prime. Oh You're so no. Alone. Oh no. I don't know why. I just I don't like the cutesy love story. Uh. Uh-huh. see that i i personally i only got about 100 pages into the book because my friend tiffany tiffany if you actually listen to this i love you um 
um, made me read it. And then we went and saw the first movie. And that's as far as I ever got. Oh, I have it. I think I got, I got about 15 minutes into, I went to the movie theater. I remember to go watch the very first one. And I remember walking out because I was like, fuck this. <laughs> I remember just standing up in the movie theater when they started sparkling. And I was so angry. I was like, this is not bad. <laughs> so I remember walking out of the theater, actually. That I just is... was always And I hated it. And I think I also hate it because being a vampire performer, like I do a lot of blood work in my burlesque routine. Yeah. I wear a lot of glitter. I do. Because <gasps> burlesque is body glitter. And so many people are like, oh, you're beautiful like Twilight. I'm like, all right, go fuck yourself. I I mean, I think personally, vampire burlesque performer, I think uh, um, Salma Hayek in, um, what is that one? uh, I want to say Death to Dawn. Is that right? Yes. That's what I think, personally. But you gotta, a lot of these... Dude bros don't know culture. That's fair enough. I haven't watched a lot of, like, really good vampire films. Like, another really good one that I recommend that's got, like, beautiful woman portrayal of vampires is Wir sind Nacht. And it's We Are the Night, and it's a German vampire film. I don't know this one. Yeah, it's very, very good. It's got a really cool death scene with a piece of paper from a book. Ooh. It's got some cool artwork. Plus, Germans just always think of the weirdest shit, so... That is true. That is really true. For sure. Now we're going to, I'm actually going to get like German li- listeners at some point and it's going to be nothing but hate mail and I'm going to blame you. Oh no. <laughs> I lived in Germany. I studied in Germany. I love it. That's why I love you. Um, what was your other question? There was another. Uh, so uh, my friend Kayla asks, are there any stereotypes you would like to correct people on when it comes to vampires. I don't know why I said it that way, speaking of stereotypes. <laughs> oh, we hate garlic. Um, <laughs> a lot of my friends will be like, um, like, they'll be like, what do you want to go eat? I'm like, oh, Italian sounds great. They're like, you can't eat there. You're a vampire. I'm like, oh, hell no. Like, I will eat all garlic bread. <laughs> <laughs> I've had, like, friends put, like, garlic in my mailbox. It would be funny. And I'm like, what the hell? I'll just eat it. You know, to me, it's just free garlic. I'm like, it's free food at that point. Free food. So I, not, there are some people that legitimately have garlic allergies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know a lot of vampires that hate garlic. No. Uh, I don't burst into flames when you throw a crucifix at my face. (laughs) I think just the corny old school, like, the, the one that makes me laugh the most is a stake to the heart. I'm like, that won't kill anybody. Yeah. Just <laughs> See, that I'm like, that's sense. how you kill people. I'm like, you don't So I think just the traditional stereotypes are some of the ones I laugh at, but I'm just like, come on now. So going back to the garlic thing, this amused me. So during quarantine, you guys started doing something called cooking with vampires. Which is this really fun thing that you pass along to your other vampire friends. And then our mutual friend, Julian and Candy, made us do it. (laughs) And I knew he was so excited to make us watch it for a reason. 
but I didn't think it was that. Um, so me and my husband being ornery, I think is the best word to put it. We literally made everything with garlic. Like the steak was garlic. The potatoes were garlic mashed potatoes. Um, roasted garlic. Everything was garlic. Even our drinks. We found a drink called the Van Helsing that called for roasted garlic and I think bourbon and ginger and all this. And it, you know, we just did it being facetious. But it just made me so happy because I just remember Mike being the entire time being like, I need that recipe. I need that recipe. Oh my God, how does that taste? And it's like all the other vampires are just writing us. Because I've eaten with you guys. I know what you eat. It's not like you're, you know, have a problem with it. But it was just, it amused me. Because I had so many friends write me later going, did that piss off your vampire friends? And I'm like, no, no. they got ideas. I thought, that, I thought it was genius. That was the whole point. And I'm like, because I'm like, crap. And then you're like, no, I want all the recipes. It made me happy. That was great. So. But I, I laugh at it. Some people do get really offended by it. Um, we're not going to burst into sun, like, burst into dust when we walk outside. Um, and we're not going, if we're, if we're walking alone with you at night, we're not just going to kill you. I don't mean <laughs> Drag you into a back alley and just rip your throat out like, kind oh, of thing. This looks like a great bush. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, because you mentioned New Orleans earlier, I, I remember the first time going down there, and I completely understood why it was, like, the vampire capital, because it is so damn hot during the day. You don't want to be out. Period. Right there. That's how you create a vampire culture. Just saying. Because it was ridiculous. Um. Uh. A few more questions. Uh, what is your greatest joy? Getting all My greatest. Your greatest joy. Ooh. Getting personal, non-vampire questions. Ooh. Hmm. Man, I didn't get to prepare this one. I think <laughs> other questions I got prepared. So, I think one of my greatest joys is my pets and like, I love, I have two cats and two dogs, and I love them with everything. Um, I have a wolf hybrid who is, like, my hiking buddy, and I just, I love her. Her name is Lagatha. Um, and then just cheesecake. And cheesecake. cheesecake. <laughs> I love cheesecake. So if you ever want to be on my bedside, just present me with cheesecake, and I'm like, yes, we are friends. Oh, my God. I'm going to remember that from when you get out here next. Coming up shortly. Hopefully. Yeah, Saturday, I'll be up there. Oh my god, is um, it Saturday? I feel like I'm going, um, so I used to work in, office. I worked in the hospital where Ebola happened, so I feel like I'm going in, like, almost like the suit again. Oh, that's terrifying. Oh my god. Uh, what is your worst pet peeve? People that don't use blinkers when changing lanes and turning. I'm just gonna throw this out there. That's a huge problem in Texas. It's a huge problem. It's insane. Ah, man. I don't know what it is about that, but it just pisses me off. I'm like... No, that's bad. 
feel like you need to just saying um it's necessary in some cases when someone just refuses and they can be toxic physically assaulting or sexual assault like that stuff that is very unforgiving mm-hmm. um that have been victims of that so like but someone writing something very stupid on facebook especially if they're young 20s like, we all we all have that stupid moment in life yeah, we definitely have all been there. Oh, no, you from your coffin, you got right on. I know, I realized how dark it was after I blew out the candles. Because you couldn't <laughs> see the candles when we first started, and now it's, like, dark, and I'm like, well, crap. Oh, well. Um, I kind of want to relight them. We'll see what happens. My one candle Your one candle. Oh, I can see it now since it's getting darker. I see a little flicker every once in a while. So, and then the last question was, how did we meet? And I'm trying to remember which vampire ball. I'm trying to remember, too. I don't think it was this last one. It was the one where we be, we only fell down when we were uh, tying up candy. And- <laughs> I remember which one we specifically met at. Oh. It was opium. In New Orleans for Halloween, I was performing. You did, yeah, you did your Ouija board routine. Yes, like God, she's hot. Shut up. But vampire leaders with a roast them, right? Because I remember you and Mike specifically, because there was no drama, and you were the nicest human beings. And then before the, I think, I think it was before the Denver Vampire Ball, you guys got engaged. Mm, Yes. So I made a point of going and saying, you know, congratulations. I know you probably have no idea who in the hell I am, but I just wanted to say, you know, I met you guys in New Orleans and you were awesome. And you both were like, no, weirdo, we remember who you are. And thank you. No, you were so good. You were such an amazing performance. I'm chicken shit. You know that. That night is the drunkest I have ever been in my life. (laughs) That waiter is a freaking champagne ninja. Like, I would hide it because forget those that go to Opium who know what Opium was. It was an event hosted by one of our friends and a very 
very, very wonderful event. Um, but it was open bar, essentially. Yes. And they had waiters going around with bottles of champagne refilling glasses. And I remember at one point when I was getting tipsy, I tried to hide my champagne flute in my tits. And it looked <laughs> out. And it spilled again. I'm like, this good. This guy, like, somehow managed, like, he must be a ghost. Like, if we're talking ghost stories, like, he goes right? and filled up my pain glass and my tits because, and I'm like, well, it's filled up. I need to drink it. I Anyways. mean, <laughs> the seance room is supposed to be very haunted. So it <laughs> makes sense. Um, but, uh, no, I think, I'm pretty sure that was it. Now that I think about it. And Izzy is, has actually already been on the podcast. So, she is actually in episode number one, talking about uh, residual haunting. So, uh, for anybody who's, like, late to the party, you're, you're missing out. Go back. But, Go back and watch. Good. Right? Um, I residually haunted to listen. What? I residually haunted so I could listen. Ooh, see, there you go. I like that. So, uh, one thing... We're, I guess not one thing, we're both doing it, so it's not one thing, but uh, we are very excited to go over some of our favorite vampire stories, and considering we're both history nerds, we went a little bit insane, so bear with us. If it gets too long, I'll make two episodes, whatever. We'll see what happens. A huge thank you to Rain for being on the podcast today and sharing with us all about her life as a vampire. You can find out more about the Vampire Court of Dallas at vampirecourtofdallas.org. Thank you so much again for listening to another episode of my Haunted Life podcast. You are one wonderful creature of the night. I appreciate you so Don't forget to send in your spooky stories for the special fan haunted stories episodes in October. Please email me them at myhauntedlifepodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. If you like the show, please rate and review me on your favorite podcast apps. It goes a long way. To helping other people find me. I also have a Facebook group that I'm on pretty regularly. Also, I have a Patreon if you really want to support the show and help me decide on future episodes. My interview with Rain will be on there soon. I'm not sure how soon because it is a three hour long video and I don't know how to video edit very well. So we'll see. And if you are struggling and need someone to talk to, there is always someone at the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Another one real quick since I've been playing with the sound. 
Same thing, Rain. Just randomly do whatever. Push it, push it, push it, push it, push it.